0: In any life, we have highs and lows, light and dark, wins and losses. What happens when we encounter that moment in time when what happens next could change everything? Join us as we step into another person's inspirational moment and see how we can connect their experience to ours. This is Greg Stevens, and you're listening to A Shot of Inspiration. Hi, everyone. It's Greg Stevens, and uh, this is A Shot of Inspiration. Our guest this week is Bailey Blaze, and Bailey is a lawyer in Dallas, Texas, and I've known Bailey since she was an infant. Her uh, parents, Greg and Kim, are friends of mine from when we went to Baylor University, but Bailey has always been inspiring to me because she has uh, battled alopecia uh, most of her life, and she's going to tell us her story, her battle with it, Uh, how she engaged with it. But what was always inspiring to me was even when she was in high school and things uh, would shut down most people, she actually looked at life and took it on with uh, zest and just didn't let anything stop her. So Bailey, thanks for being on. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Again, you've always been an inspiration to me. Let's talk about you a little. Uh, uh, tell everyone about who you are, what you do, and then we'll talk a, a little about the struggle you had uh, in, years ago.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is a very cool opportunity and my very first podcast. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and it's great to see you as well. You know, we don't get to talk as often as I would like but um that was a great introduction i am i'm a lawyer in dallas texas i do intellectual property litigation but it's primarily patent litigation um and what's your i law f- always wanted to be what's oh your- yeah go ahead
0: yeah what's your law firm let's get uh, it's plug. caldwell
1: cassidy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> caldwell cassidy curry okay um if you look them up you'll see how amazing they are and how lucky i am to be a part of this team Um, my, my dad is actually a lawyer as well. And so is my uncle. So this has been kind of my entire life goal is, I mean, as far as I remember, I always said, I'm going to be a lawyer. I remember I got like a sort of bad grade on a quiz in middle school and was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to law school now. (laughs) Like that's how insane I was about achieving this goal. So it's very cool to actually be living that out in Dallas Um, I get to, I love telling my dad stories about what I do. I'm so excited when I, you know, do a first in court, I call him immediately and I'm like, oh my goodness, guess what the judge said to me today? (laughs) (laughs) He's probably very annoyed by that, but I love it. Um, yeah. And so I, I went to school, uh, Pepperdine undergrad and Pepperdine law school. So I am licensed in Texas and in California because why not? Um, but it is very nice to be back in Texas, uh, why did you ever leave? back in Dallas.
0: Why did you ever leave Pepperdine? I mean, that's <laughs> that is just uh, Malibu you know, is so beautiful. <laughs>
1: I ask myself that question often. However, it was very, very nice to be living in Los Angeles at Pepperdine in a you know in a Malibu bubble. It's I, every single day. It was unrealistic. It was very cool that it was my reality, but I also was understood that that's just not realistic to live on a country club on a mountain overlooking the ocean for my entire life though it is a new goal to be able to do that uh, <laughs> you that's know a good one goal. day i right cuz it's it's such an amazing place and i i really love pepperdine and how they they shape their students and just the people that they create so truthfully that that's what makes it so special and the amazing atmosphere is just kind of an added bonus to it um and i'm i'm very grateful that i went there for law school as well it made it a little bit more difficult to try to be a lawyer in texas going to school in california but the way that they teach you how to practice law and you know seeing the different types of lawyers out in the real world i'm i'm very grateful that i was taught by those types of people and those types of lawyers and I would go back in a heartbeat and do law school over again, which I don't know anyone that has ever said that (laughs)
0: in their entire life. (laughs) Maybe you could teach law there when you finish up your career. (laughs) Exactly.
1: you know, Or be like a summer adjunct professor or something.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Your dad told me also you had, uh, he said they have a great system there. He said you were really good, uh, uh, had great connections with your professors and uh, still keep up with them.
1: Oh, yes. Actually, um, one of my professors, uh, Professor Bullock, she came out here to Dallas because she has two daughters. One is a freshman at Pepperdine um, and one is a sophomore in high school. And she was her sophomore was looking at colleges. And she texted me and two of my other friends that um, went to law school at Pepperdine but work out here. And we all had dinner and her name's Charlotte. And so we were, you know, talking about Charlotte and um, trying to convince her to come to Dallas because we're like, oh, but we're all here. So, you know, we can take you under our wing. That's great. I have um, other professors that have since left Pepperdine, but I still like to keep keep track of, you know, with them. And um, I still call them for advice, too. I call them for advice in changing jobs and, you know, what what they thought about it. And um, I, ju- I just really appreciate how attentive they are to st- both current students and former students. Um, and how it, it really is a community and not just, I'm going to law school to learn the law and then and then we're done. You know, we have a forced curve. We don't care anymore. It's, it's Pepperdine for life. Right. And I love that.
0: That's great. <laughs> now, everyone watching or listening to this is going to hear, wow, she's really got it together. She's uh, a power lawyer. She's got out of Pepperdine. She's in Dallas doing what she always dreamed of. Let's go back and talk about when you had your battle with alopecia and when you first were diagnosed how that came about and then just walk us through and i'm gonna ask a lot of questions because i really want people to understand how bold you were in life uh, as you went through school and i think it's it's an inspiration for me and i think it would be inspiration for a lot of people out there battling with whatever they are
1: yeah absolutely so I don't remember exactly when I was diagnosed. I was very young. I want to say maybe four or five years old. Um, and and over time, I've dealt with alopecia areata, where I have, you know, the little coin-looking spots on my head. Sometimes you can hide them. Sometimes you can't. But um, I still had hair. I've had... Um, alopecia totalis, which is where just all of the hair on top of my head was gone, but I still had everything else. And then I've also gone through a spout of universalis where I lost eyelashes, eyebrows, literally everything. And it seems like every time I had, you know, a cycle or a spout, it was the worst time in your life that you would want it. Because um, the first time I really remember it affecting me was in middle school. Um, that's when I lost, that's when I had to wear a wig for the first time was about halfway through, through fifth grade, I think. Um, and then through three fourths of middle school. Um, and at the time, I mean, obviously nobody likes their middle school years. It's kind of a time we black out. Um, but we, you know, between me and, and my family, we didn't really know much about what to do or what the options were. So I just got like you know, a synthetic wig from the store and it looked like a wig, but it looked cute to me. So I really liked it. Um, but one thing I am going to say is, is throughout my entire experience, I've been very, very lucky with the support system that I've had both from family and truthfully friends. Um, cause when I, when I look back at middle school, there were, you know, middle school, high school kids can be mean in general, but I didn't, really have issues with bullying, um, which is something that I'm very, very, very grateful for. And if anything, I had the opposite. I remember the one time I remember an issue with my hair when I was younger was I was in sixth grade. There was some random girl. I could not tell you her name or pick her out of a lineup today, but she was in eighth grade. And I don't even know what she said, but she made some comment about me having a wig or making fun of me for having a wig. And I had... Like, ten of my girlfriends just – and they're little sixth graders, and she's an eighth grader – barge up to her and be like, what are you talking about? Why would you say that? Does that affect you? (laughs) Like, you know, and completely confronted her. And I just was so happy and grateful that I I almost didn't even care that somebody had made a comment about me being ugly or something, you know, without a wig. Because I never felt ugly having – friends and having a support system like that. So I, I am very grateful and I do recognize that truthfully, not, not all people that deal with alopecia or something like that are, are that lucky. Um, but that's something that definitely helped me with the internal struggles that you have when, you know, you have a, you have a disease that the world tells you is vanity and now when i say the world insurance like medical insurance tells <laughs> right, you right. is vanity don't give you
0: anything for it right
1: right and that's right. you know that's something growing up where it's like well i know that and i would always tell myself like i'm not physically ill but then when the minute somebody else says it you want to be like no 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 no
0: <laughs> you <laughs> right. don't you don't
1: understand <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a condition you have that, you know, it's, it's a medical condition that you have. And I can imagine right. uh, the battle you probably have because insurance companies typically don't want to pay out where they don't have to. And right. so uh, that's that's part of uh, the battle. But what I love about your story there was your friends helped, sounds like deflect the pain you would have felt, and they, they they shifted it into something where you felt appreciative and grateful for your friends, even though you didn't have the hair.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I always, I mean, I, I was very lucky, but one thing I've always been very cognizant of is who I surround myself with. Um, cause I want to give everything that I have to my friends and family. And so when you, you know, you get that in return, it's, it's such a great cohesive relationship. And so I've, I don't want to say I'm selective with my friends. It's not necessarily intentional, but it's intentional in a way where you just naturally gravitate towards somebody that, you know, is genuine and kind and there for you, just like you are for them. Um, and that, that's a huge, a huge part of it. Cause, um, Another time that it happened was I, so I, I lost my hair. I, I lost about 80% of it in fifth grade. Um, I had little like strands of it that would sit here and I refused to like shave it off or anything. If I had even a tiny hair, I was like, no, I'm keeping it.
0: It was um, like gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta and keep then, that.
1: Exactly. And then I had a few spouts in high school where like I would have a big chunk on the bottom of my head, but I could cover it at, on the top and things like that. Um, the second time it happened, it happened very, very quickly. And it went from my, you know, Ariada to to, to totalis to spouts of ariata to the universalis, meaning I lost everything in a two week time span um, right before my sophomore year of college. Um, and I was actually going abroad to London like a month later. And I, I just remember I was sitting there and I would, you know, kind of put my hair in a ponytail and I would be pulling chunks of hair. When I say chunks, like, I, when I do have hair, it's very, very thick, um, which is lovely. You know, that's very nice. But it's also very noticeable when it starts coming out. Um, and so I was kind of hoping, I was like, maybe I just had it in a ponytail too tight Well, for two weeks. I mean, it just completely came out to where I had maybe like a strand on the top, wow. and that's when I was like, "We're gonna just shave it and go from there." Um, that was well, that's
0: when it when, when you when that happened. You're talking about before you went to London, is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah, your your dad. I'll never forget. He was so proud of you that you just said, "Forget it. I'm going. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and feel bad. I'm gonna get out and live." And yes. he was so proud of that. And it made me cry when I heard it because it was Aww. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, it, especially when you're in college and you're looking around, uh, there's got to be so much pressure. And then to think, I've got to go do this. Most people, a lot of people I know would just, I might even crumble under <clears> that <throat> and uh, uh, kind of stay behind closed doors, you know, uh, stay away from the <laughs> world. But you went out and just grabbed it. So, Uh, Yeah, that's one of the I always found that just I always thought if I have a daughter, that's what I would want. I would want a daughter who just takes life uh, with gusto and grabs it. So that's what it it, it seems like to me. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, a few things in response to that and how I was able to do that was, you know, one, going back to the people that I surrounded myself with and and Pepperdine, I, I give a lot of credit to the kind of people that go to Pepperdine, um, and around when that had happened, um, my, my best friend, Amber, who is my best friend now, um, I just remember this one day and I was feeling just very sad. You know, I was sitting there, I would always put my wig on last. So I would do my makeup and stuff and I'd be completely bald. And there was one day I just was really struggling with it. I couldn't pinpoint, Why? I mean, obviously I can pinpoint why. I had just lost my hair for the first time as an adult. And so, yes, that's why. But I was particularly upset that day. um, And we were supposed to be going somewhere that night, like we were going to dinner. And she just came in, took the eyeliner out of my hand and, like, kissed the top of my little bald forehead. (laughs) And I'm going to cry right now thinking about it. It just made me cry because it was such genuine love of, like, it's just hair like it's just hair. You're still you. You know, and and she didn't even say anything. She just did it. Gave me a hug and then we went back to getting dressed. And after that moment, I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be okay in this because I'm still me, hair or not. Um and and that's that's a big part of why, you know, it's it's like why stop your life? Why stop what you're supposed to be doing because of something that it it really, I mean, it really is just hair. (laughs) It's so hard. It's, I I don't even know how to explain it in that way, but um, the struggle comes from being a female with alopecia. You know, I, I think being a male, it makes it easier and harder at the same time. Cause being a female, I get to wear fun wigs. I get to have long hair. I had, bang so I could cover it up if I wanted to and really people didn't know I had alopecia if I didn't want them to. Um I can put makeup on. I can put fake eyelashes on. Whereas, you know, for a man it's it's more normal, I guess, if you want to say the word normal to be to be bald, but it's not easy to cover up if you want to cover up. So yeah. in that moment I realized like I'm always my honest true self to the people, you know, to, to everyone around me. But if I didn't want to have alopecia for a day, then I would wear my wig, I would put my makeup on, and I wouldn't think about it. And then if I wanted to just be myself, I would take it off and be with my friends as me. And they didn't treat me any differently with the wig or without the wig. Um, and it, Amber really showed me that in that moment. And it just, you know, it, that's when I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to London. Why would I not go to London? Under these circumstances, right. like that just doesn't make sense. This is such an amazing opportunity. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be sad about this. And and, and I don't want to say it's, you know, don't be sad. Don't be upset. Um, absolutely feel those feelings. I had days where I was completely fine and didn't think about it at all. But I had days where I did sit in my room, knees to my chest, bawling my eyes out, just wishing I had, you know, control over this, wishing I could just have hair wishing i could just be normal for a day but it's not sitting in those feelings forever and not letting those take over is really what helped me through it you know is is feeling them in the moment and then being like you know what it's okay i'm alive what do i need to do today to make me feel better go to a soul cycle class go to dinner (laughs) you know something like that Uh, right and that helps you but i think
0: well i think you said it there is you went through it. I think the quickest way uh, when we deal with issues is going through them, trying to go rather than trying to go around them. Experience that emotion, but don't let it dominate you. Uh, you were able, and some people have problems with that, and th- there's all kinds of uh, issues with that. It's just that's why I wanted to have you on because I knew you went through those times. Greg told yes. me, you know, it's yes. like uh, as parents, they just. They want to do something for you, but they can't, yes. but only you can take that up. Yes. Only you can go through that. And it's, it's normal to feel that. And it, 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 but as you somehow got through it, and I believe part of that was your support group, your friends. Uh, also, uh, I think you, uh, you've always been tapped into your internal, I, I think female power is the most <laughs> Uh, powerful force on earth. And yes. I think that that's, you You understand your power. That's another thing. I used to take teach man-woman relationship classes and we would talk about the power of women and women have such an amazing power, but women who don't understand their power can often use it in ways that if you don't understand your power, you don't know what you hurt and what you don't.
1: Right. And
0: you've always understood that power. So that's what kind of go back to the relationship thing. Tell me a little about dating. What, what was that like <laughs> for you? That's what I want to hear is what was that like? Because that's when it, the rubber meets the road is what's going to happen here.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad you asked that because that is that's the one struggle. I don't want to say I never really figured out. I do have a boyfriend now that I've had for almost two years, um, Blaine, and he's amazing and adorable. Um, but dating with this was very difficult. Some of it imposed by me, by myself and how I felt about myself in that realm. And some of it was, you know, guys not wanting me because of it. Um, Being older, I know that that's not a guy for me and that's okay. Uh It is. I mean, that's just not my person. Um, But I, so I think there's, there's positives and negatives for me out of this. So I'm going to kind of, go off topic for a second, but it fits okay. in, I promise.
0: <laughs> okay, great.
1: Um, so when I had, when I went through alopecia, you know, was going through all of these struggles for the first time and was a teenager or, you know, a preteen, that was by far the hardest time. Um, and it was the hardest time for me more long-term versus, you know, my, when my hair fell out. A couple times when I was older, it was it was very hard for a few days, but I adjusted to the new normal when I was younger. It was much, much more difficult trying to navigate my own feelings about it. My feelings about myself, um, truthfully, self-esteem and self-worth. And so I, I don't what I ended up doing was I completely focused on school and my academics and my brain. And I put my worth in my abilities to do, you know, classes or projects or AP tests, which it's good. It paid off for me in the long run. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that to other people. That said, I still was always very social. I was on dance team and everything like that, but I was not willing to put myself out there when it came to boys. Um, I had crushes and, you know, all of that, but I just was like, boys are not going to like me. I'm going to just prematurely go ahead and reject myself for them and I'm not going to worry about it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of A Shot of Inspiration. If you like this or any of our other episodes, make sure you rate it and share it with a friend. This is Greg Stevens, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, be bold, be courageous, and respectfully speak your truth.